Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we celebrate the triumphs of people who have overcome their own life's challenges and made our world better. People who have taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Taryn. Welcome. So glad you can chat with me today. So we've got to start out with, tell me three things about you. Uh, I love to run. I got into running about six years ago, thanks to my dad. That's my therapy. It's so nice. It's such a release to be able to go out and just run. So love to run. Uh, love music. I feel like I express all my feelings through music. Music gets me. I've, I've used music throughout my whole life to uh, help me figure out my feelings and everything. So love music, all kinds. I'll listen to anything. And then the last one is I love to learn. I love self-help. I love self-improvement. I love motivational things, you know, things just, they get me pumped up and like, I just love to improve. So yeah, those are my three things. I love that. That is great. You're such an inspiration in just the things you enjoy. So that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for sharing those three things yeah. with me. So now you have to tell me about your lemon experience. I do. Okay. So when you first asked me to like share what my lemon would be, I was kind of like, oh, how do I put into words what my lemon is? Because it's lots of lemons. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it was kind of like a bucket of lemons handed to me all at once, you know? Yeah. So I, I feel like the best way I could say what my lemon was is betrayal trauma. Right before we got married, I discovered that he um, had been viewing pornography. That was a big shock to me. I didn't know that that was going on in his life or that that was a thing. And uh, I mean, right off the bat, he was like, oh uh, yeah, you know, it, it's something that I uh, got exposed to as a kid and just didn't realize. And so I was like, okay, well, he, he's basically was like, well, if you're not okay with it, then it won't happen again type of thing, you know, not the case, obviously, you know. Um, so we kind of just spent the next five years of our marriage with like disclosure after disclosure, you know, just catching it constantly throughout our relationship, which really just, you know, stacking up exposure after exposure, like, oh my gosh, this is actually a, a really big problem. Like, it's not something that you are able to just stop, even though he was like, oh, I'll stop. I promise, you know? Yeah. It, it, it created a lot of insecurities for me, a lot of fear. And then just that like trauma, which for me, with betrayal trauma, I feel like the the essence of that is like it goes to my core fear that I'm not enough. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like he's constantly seeking this stuff out. Like, what am I doing wrong? What is it about me that like leads him to this all the time? So it just created a lot of problems in our relationship. Eventually, uh, about five years into our marriage, it got to the point where he was seeking online relationships. Things were so toxic between us because I was constantly trying to get him to be different or to be what I wanted him to be. Like, just stop. You know, if you would just stop, our relationship would be fine, right? Like, I had it in my head that everything would be fine if this could just go away. And so I put all my energy towards fixing him, right? Like, if I could just fix him, then everything will be fine. So that drove the wedge even further between us. And eventually he 
started going to those online relationships and affairs and uh, got to the point where he had convinced himself that he wasn't happy in our relationship and uh, was ready to move on from it. So I was about seven months pregnant with our third at, by that time. And uh, he left, he walked out and we had two kids and another on the way. And my whole world had just kind of fallen apart. He said there was someone else. And I just, I remember feeling everything and nothing all at the same time. Like I didn't know how to even focus or like take the next step. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I don't even know how to say it. It was, it was probably the worst day of my life, you know, cause I just couldn't make sense of any of this. I thought we were on the same page. He had said all the right things. Like I, I want this fixed. I, I want to get better. I don't want to do this. And then I just felt kind of blindsided, even though looking back, it was like, this was bound to happen, you know? But, um, anyways, a few days after that had happened, he came back and was like, I made a huge mistake. I want to make this work. It led it, it became this really toxic cycle at that point where he couldn't quite let go of this relationship he had developed with this other person, but couldn't quite let go of his relationship with me either. So, and I was like all for it. I'm like, no, all I have to do is try hard enough and I'll get him to choose me. I'll get him to choose our family. I'll get him to get better again, like still having it in my mind that I had any type of control over what he chose to do. That happened for a couple months. And then I hit this moment in my life where I'm like, enough is enough. This is exhausting. I've spent the last five years of my life trying to get this man to choose this path in life with me that he clearly by his actions, not his words, his actions are telling me he does not want. So I put that to work. I'm like, all right, this is it. I cut him off. We went to emails only and it had to be about the kids. And if it wasn't about the kids, then I wasn't going to respond. And he did not like that. That he was not a fan of me taking back my power. Um, granted, he had his own brokenness that he wasn't addressing. And I chose to break our cycle as he wanted to continue it. Um, I started going to a support group and I finally learned what boundaries were. A uh, huge concept I was never taught or even understood at all. Um, and I put those into play and I was no longer wasting my time or energy um, on his addiction. Uh, I stopped trying to control him and, you know, forcing him to be the husband that I wanted him to be and just let him be who he decided he wanted to be and live his life. We were co-parenting, divorce papers were in the process and I was like totally finally at peace with that decision. That's not to say I wasn't sad, you know, like it's hard. The right decisions are sometimes still sad and hard. But I started to protect my own energy, which allowed me to like find myself again. I'm like, oh my gosh, who is this person? Like I have interests and hobbies and things that I completely squashed. 
and ignored. I kind of like put myself down into a box in the basement and said, I don't have time for you, you know? And so when I was able to take myself out of that toxicity in my relationship, I was like, oh, wow, there's like a whole person here that loves life and loves to do things and isn't like paranoid by every little thing or isn't threatened by other women, you know? And I, I accepted that he didn't want recovery. I started to take care of myself again and got way more into running and I started signing myself up for crazy races and taking care of my kids more because I'm not going to lie when all of that was going on I my kids were last unfortunately I did the bare minimum to just make sure they were taken care of but my energy was so focused on him and wondering if he was acting out or, you know, being secretive about things that it just consumed me completely. Uh, and so I started developing my relationships with my kids again and learning who they really were, which was so cool. And, um, oh yeah, I kept wanting James to save me. And I remember thinking that over and over, like I kept waiting for him to be the one to fix all of this because I'm like, well, you're the one with the problem. So you're the one who has to fix this. And it was like, wait a minute, I'm a person. I have control over myself and I can make the changes. Like, of course, obviously what I want is him to get better and to have this relationship, but that's clearly not an option. So what other options do I have? And I had to actually look at that and consider those. And then I had this moment when I was in support group where I realized everything that I needed was in me. I didn't need anybody on the outside to like tell me I was good enough or desirable or like a great mom or a great wife because this addiction just makes you question everything about yourself. It's like, am I not attractive? Like, why? Why is everything about, like, am I not a good enough wife? Am I not doing enough for you? You know, it just every facet of me as a person, I was like, why? Why can't I have what I just so desperately want, which is a husband that loves me and a family? And, uh, and I realized, like, I don't need him to validate that for me. I have me and I have God and that was enough for me which was great because then I was finally able to just let go. I mean, like, you know what, whatever comes my way, I'll, I can manage. I will be okay. Um, I didn't need to find that validation in my husband, which was a huge breakthrough because I had spent so much time trying to validate my life to other people on the outside. Like I see, I have this awesome husband. I have this beautiful, perfect life. And I realized I didn't need to do any of that. I didn't need to prove myself to anybody. And through this trial of loving someone with an addiction, I was able to learn to love myself. You know, I tried so hard. I'm like, if I just love him enough, if I just do enough, if I sacrifice myself enough for him, he'll choose me. And that was never the case. And even now that will never be the case. You can't give yourself enough to somebody else. You can't love them more than they love themselves. And uh, he had to choose that for himself. 
Anyways, fast forward a little bit, and uh, we were just living completely separate lives. I had no idea what he was doing with his life. Frankly, I didn't care anymore at that point. I'm like, I've found this new, like, zest for life, and I'm just focusing on myself and my kids and making sure that I build up a life that I'm happy and proud of and not trying to mold something that's just not going to work. And uh, ended up, I don't know how to say it. It's kind of like a sacred experience, what happened, but we ended up talking for a moment and he shared with me some big God moments that happened for him in his life. And he had told me like, Hey, I've been sober for two weeks now and I'm taking care of myself. And I was like, that's great. You know, like there was this tiny, the the broken part of me was like, let's get back together, you know, like, but the the part of me that had really healed and like loved myself and understood myself was like, that's awesome, but I'm not ready for you. You know, I don't, I can't, I can't be a part of this with you. I'm really glad that you seem to be on the right track and are doing well, but I, that's great, but it doesn't include me. And uh, so he kept doing his thing and slowly over time, the changes were more apparent. And then a few months down the road, we had another divine intervention and we got to a point where it was decided that maybe there was hope. I specifically remember a point where I had finally got the divorce papers in the mail and I had prayed and I was like, should I sign these? And I had never heard such like such a loud voice in my life of like, no. And I was mad. I was mad. I was like, you're kidding me, right? Like, I finally get to this place where I can let go of this toxic relationship and you're telling me not to let go. And I had a dream that we were walking through this deserted, crappy house. Everything was falling apart. Nothing made sense. And and my husband was with me and he was walking through it with like this energy of like, we can fix this. We can fix this. Look at this. This is, I have a vision for this. And I guess I just took that as a symbol of our relationship and how ready and willing my husband was to fix the damage. So because we were both working on our own individual recovery, um, reconciliation was actually a possibility. It's like, oh, wow, this might be worth trying again. So here we are a little over five years later and a million bumps in the road. He's, yeah, he's been sober for a little over five years, um, just actively working his own recovery and I'm actively working mine. And we brought that together. We're making it work. It's by no means perfect. Um, We've had a lot a lot of stuff to repair and there have there were points along the way where we're like what are we doing is this really what we should be doing like maybe it was a mistake to try and make this relationship work but we kept pushing through and honestly the biggest thing that I feel has made this work for us is our individual work on ourselves you can't make a marriage flourish with two broken people I think the biggest thing is we both consciously choose to learn and grow, to see one another and be seen by one another because there was so much that we weren't showing each other in the beginning.
I've got to hand it to them to be brave enough to work through the demons that were a big part of this addiction and to let me see him fully. um, That took a lot. And for me to come back, not to my own horn or anything, but for me to come back to the person who caused so much pain, you know, it was bravery on both our parts. And uh, there's no way it would have worked if we didn't take down our walls and be like, here we are, like, here's the full, you get all of me, you get the the terrible, the the fantastic, and, and we gave that both to each other, and we went all in, and um, yeah, it hasn't been easy, but I can actually say it's, going through all of this, it has been worth it, we have a family, and um, and it's working, it's, it's thriving, and it's not perfect, but we're happy and we're healthy and always willing to learn which I couldn't say for us back then so I love the I love the quote from how I met your mother where it's like I love our story you know sure it's messy but it's ours and I feel like that describes our relationship perfectly because I mean people watched us along the way this was kind of unfortunately a public thing you know my whole marriage um ending and like just blowing up and um, so people saw like from the beginning to where we are now and there's a lot of people who probably thought it was stupid for us to come back together when they knew everything that had happened but I feel like I'm just living proof that you can get through anything um, if you're both willing it's it's progress not perfection you know it has to you can't expect the other person to be perfect there's got to be room for forgiveness lots and lots of forgiveness um and boundaries lots of boundaries because i love myself and i i i uh, i have to emphasize the importance of my self-love because as much as I want this to be an awesome like marriage success story, I have a lot of women that I've known and that I spend time with where this wasn't the case for them. You know, they, their, their strength was leaving the marriage. So I I want my lemonade to be my healing and my self-love and my self-worth and the growth that I experienced through these lemons that were handed to me. Um, Because regardless of what he chooses, he, he could choose one day to not want to work his recovery anymore. My lemonade is that it won't completely wreck my world if that's something that he ever decides for himself because I have enough love and self-worth that it's not, I'm, I'm going to be able to take care of myself before it ever gets to a point where I have to be that devastated and that helpless ever again, if that makes sense. So that's my lemonade. <laughs> wow. You have always been an inspiration to me as I've watched you. I've been one of those people, you know, that you mentioned has just watched from the beginning to now. And, um, always impressed by you and your light and what you share and that you're willing to share this, but that you have come out on this end of it 
so much stronger and loving yourself. That's the best thing you can get out of all of this. And that you were able to keep your marriage is a bonus. That's it's amazing. It's sweetener, right? It's the right. little extra sweetener to the lemonade. So. Right. I'm just so proud of you. And I know you got involved in kind of that um, porn kills love movement for a while too. Yeah. We uh, were huge advocates of that. We, um, we've spoken um, in different settings all over the place, um, shared our story with others. Uh, we're, we're sponsors in our own recovery groups. Just I, we genuinely, and kudos to my husband because I want to give him credit. This is not easy to share. It's not easy to share that you, you know, left, left your family and um, that you did a lot of these things that, that most people would honestly say are like despicable. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're a terrible person. Right. And so I have to give him credit because he has from day one been so willing to share what he's gone through and share his story. And um, I don't need to share his details. That's his story to share, you know, but um, yeah, I, so I'm grateful to him. And, and from day one, we decided that we would be very open about our journey. We would be open about the good, the bad, um, and then also the beautiful that we're creating through recovery, because I just, this impacts so many people, you know, so many people are living in silence with something with this devastating addiction and we just feel like it's kind of been our i don't know our privilege to share it with others because it's that it, it thrives in secrecy you know shame thrives in secrecy and to be able to just get it out there and be like we have this problem and it's like oh my gosh do you even realize how many other people do too you know, and, and they're just, they just don't know how to go about fixing that. So, yeah. So we just, we, we share our message with others in hopes that they can find that hope too, whether it's through being able to, to save their marriage or, or not save their marriage. There's, there's hope and healing for both parties. I remember when I first saw that porn kills love saying, and, um, I just remember it felt like no truer words because I mean, the guys can definitely, oh, it's just, you know, it's an innocent thing. I'm just relaxing. I'm just looking at something, you know, and it's enjoyable. It's my outlet or whatever. They have their excuses for why mm -hmm. they look at it, but it legit kills love. It changes their brain and their chemicals. It changes things. And so it really does kill that love, that bond, that tenderness, that intimacy, that connection with their spouse. Absolutely. And so I don't think they realize, okay, go look at porn, whatever, who cares? You know, that's not it. It's, it's, if yeah. you're in a relationship with someone else, you are cheating on them mm -hmm. and you are killing the bond between your spouse when you do that. Oh yeah. It's been proven that porn use creates objectification, you know, that you can't, you can't look at human beings as humans when you are using them for your sexual benefit that's it's not possible so yeah it's hard to consider your spouse or your partner's feelings when you're not able to it kind of just shuts that part of you off it's it makes it really difficult to empathize which is one of the things that um is so hard for addicts you know they they don't understand empathy and you can't be in a relationship if you don't understand empathy so yeah absolutely so i think your best advice would be to get help and talk about it yes yep 
find a safe space. I know that what I'm choosing to do with my story is not for everyone. And I don't expect everyone to just like shout it from the rooftops. Like, Hey, we're having this problem. I know that's not for everybody, but absolutely find a safe person to share with and get help. There are support groups all over the place. They're free. There's so many books out there. Yeah. Just you can't change your partner. And as much as I, I understand that so deeply, you can do what's best for you, whatever that looks like. And so, yeah, absolutely get, get help, talk about it in a safe space. I think that's great advice for people because you're going to have something. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like every marriage, just get ready for your yep. thing. Right. Oh, so true. So, true. <laughs> yeah. so just be open about it, get help and you might be able to get through it a little yeah. easier and yeah. just know that other people know what you're going through. Yeah, exactly. You're not alone because yeah. we feel like it, right? You feel like oh, in a time, especially you where you were pregnant, you know, you're about to have your third child. So you've already are raising this family. You're in this relationship. You're now about to have a new child enter your home, which should be like the time of your life when, yep. you know, everything is the most loving. Yep. And here, that's when you decide that you're going to end your marriage. Yep. And so I think that's the time when it helps to reach out to other people for that support and find out other people get it. Even though yours feels like this is the worst thing ever, you'll find other people go, yep, same, me too. Yeah. There's so much comfort in, hey, me too. Yeah. There's so, so much true. comfort in that. Because to feel that pain on such a deep level and feel like you're feeling it alone right. is miserable. So to have someone be able to come to you and be like, Hey, we've experienced something similar. It's like, I mean, it doesn't take away the devastation, but it's like, Oh, I don't have to carry this alone anymore. We get so many women in group who kind of just like, when it's time to share, they, they get so angry and they're like, this is stupid. Like, why is this whole 12 step book that I'm reading right now about me and how I need to change myself when I'm here because of him. And it's like, well, it would be so easy to just be like, nope, this didn't work because of you, because of your actions. And it's like, that is partially true, but it's also partially true that there were a lot of toxic things that I was doing that were driving a wedge between our relationship too, you know, and it's hard to look at that when it's so easy for me to just be like, nope, you're, I mean, you were the one doing all of these things, but yep, no, I had to, I mean, I could, I could have been, just been swallowed up in that and then we wouldn't be here right now. So that's yeah. exactly it. That's the key. You work yep. on you. Yep. That's all you can do. <laughs> yep. Oh, I like that. You work on you. It's all you can do. Oh, that's good. Go. Yeah. That's a nice little motto. <laughs> that's it. It's that simple, but it yet is. that hard. Oof. Oh, it's so hard. It's so, so much hard. easier to look at someone else and focus oh, on them. So much easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard to look at ourselves and realize where we need to be better. Well, thank you. Thank you for your inspiration and uh, your example. And like you said, it's not for everyone to save their marriages when they're dealing with trauma and betrayal mm -hmm. and addictions. And I'm not trying to say that either, that, oh, just stay right. in it. Right. No, you guys had some serious changing and healing and support and you're both willing to do it yes. that's the key yep. it is it is <laughs> so you're a great example to that i appreciate you. you so much yeah thank you for having me
You're still here? Well, then click on the next episode to get more lemonade. One more day.